Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. And God is doing great things here. And I want to put the title up this morning. And uh, every three months, I try to, to preach on, on giving and uh, finances and how we can be faithful in our finances uh, but th- th- today, I'm going to do it with some direction and some, some vision and some thoughts because um, we've got some things we need to do as a church, and uh, I'm going to talk to some of us as if we don't know because we have guests and we have people watching online that maybe don't know. Um, God has blessed us with land. Amen. The beginning of this year, we were able to purchase 20 acres of land right up the freeway about five miles. Amen. And we own it outright. Amen, for the glory of God. And how many know that he gave that land to us for a reason? But what I want to say this morning in getting into this message is the reason we're here again is that testimony. And what we're going to continue to do is preach the gospel. And we have done things this year uh, that we've never done before. And I believe that God has been stretching us because he has a mighty plan for us. And he's going to do some amazing things. So I'm going to show you a, 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 a screenshot, or not a screenshot, a slide in a moment. But I want to, um, first of all, get my notes right from the first service. Um, get your Bibles open to the book of Malachi, chapter 3. And I want to talk a little bit from my heart this morning and brag on God, talk a little bit about where he wants us to go, and get all of us involved. And I feel like the Lord has said today, you know, today we could have said, well, the weather's not good, or let's push this off to another day. But I've been feeling in my spirit that it's time to uh, say that uh, what, we, what we need to move towards. How many know it's important to have a goal? And, um, you know, whenever we talk about finances, how many in this place use finances? You use money. It's an important topic. I, I, uh, I know that there's, there's stereotypes and there's things that people think and ways people think about money. When you mention that, uh, that, that word even, people can get sort of weird. I want you to know right off the bat that this church is not a church of gimmicks. We're not a church of manipulation. We are just simply preaching the gospel and God is guiding us and using us and helping us. And uh, he provides everything we need. And we're not going to change anything, but we do need a building. We, we, we do need a building. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning, just so you kind of know the direction of where we're going. But I also want you to know we're not going to take up an offering today. So be a little less nervous, okay? Be a little less uptight. We're not going to ask for money. We're not going to, this isn't what this is about. This is about telling us where we're going so we can have some direction so God can begin to lead us, guide us, and help us get that building. I like to say this because it's pretty amazing. How many know that faith is really important? It's in the Bible a lot, right? I looked up how many times the word faith is in the Bible, and you'll find it about 500 times, 500 verses that talk about faith. How many know prayer is important? By the way, we had a powerful prayer meeting on Friday, amen, a great turnout, even with the weather, and uh, we did business with God, amen, on that prayer meeting. 500 verses in the Bible talk about prayer. That's a lot. How many know uh, heaven is an important word? How many want to go to heaven? The Bible talks in about 500 verses about heaven. And then how many know sin is an important word? 
We, because of the sin in our lives, we were supposed to go to hell, but now we're going to heaven because of Jesus. And there's about 500 verses about sin in the Bible. So 500, 500, 500, and 500. Guess what? There's 2,350 verses on money. Isn't that, isn't that shocking to anybody? Must be important. 500 on faith, 500 on prayer, 500 on heaven, 500 on sin, and, f- and more than all four of those put together on money. So we need it. God has a lot of it, and he has, he's the source of it, and, and he's the God of it. And th- write this down in your notes. Money is spiritual. Money is spiritual. Show me the attitude of someone, uh, the, their attitude on money, and I'll show you their heart. There's something about money that gets people either good or bad. Today you can have the right attitude about money or you can have the wrong attitude about money. But one thing you're never going to get away from is we all need it. And so from the beginning to the end, God ministers on money and finances. And the, lo- and the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. How many know there's so many people that get that wrong? They say love, they say money's the root of all evil. How many have ever heard somebody quote that? Money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. The love of money is the root of all evil. Amen? And God is a giver this morning. So right off the bat, we're not going to talk today about tithes, but I'm going to mention the verse because I want us to understand how God's economy functions and why we're able to have church today, why we have a building, why we have the availability to be here is because God established something called the tithe. Malachi 3.10, and I always like to say this too, people go, oh yeah, that's the verse they always use for giving, just like we always use John 3.16 for salvation. It's a pretty good one, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The reason we use it so much is a great verse. We use this one because it's the most clear, precise, concise verse in the whole Bible about tithing. And then some people say, well, we don't have to tithe because we're not under the law anymore. But they don't know their Bible because the first tithe was given in Genesis 14, way before the law was ever made. Tithing has always been around, and it will be around until we get our glorified bodies and don't have to deal with money anymore. And it's a test because God says if it's so important, money's so important, he says, I need to know what my people's heart is on money. So he established a way to finance his kingdom through a thing called tithe. Because God knew that we in our own power and our own selfishness would never give if we didn't have something to go by. Is that right? I have used the example many times, and I think it's a good one until I get a better one. I'll keep using it. If the electric bill comes and they say, pay whatever you want, you owe three fifty, you owe three hundred, you owe two fifty, whatever, and they say, just pay whatever you want. How many know they'd never get three fifty? Ever. That's the way I believe it would be with God if we didn't have something to go by. And so he established something that's very similar to the Garden of Eden. He said, all this is yours, but that one tree over there, don't touch that. That's mine. So everything's ours except a tenth. And so he says, bring all the tithes. That means every time you have increase, you tithe. Not when you can, not when you want to, but every time you get increase. You get $10, you give a dollar. You get 100 you give 10 you give 50, you give five. It's God's, not ours. I didn't write it. I'm just reading it. But he says to bring it into the storehouse. Now, this is something that's very important. The storehouse is the house that you're sitting in right now. 
It is the place that you are receiving God's word, the place that you're fed. Okay? Lots of people get this wrong. People send money to their tithe to other churches. That's not biblical. People send their tithe, uh, if they pay it, to ministries. That's not biblical. Ministries do need support, but that's not where the tithe is supposed to go. Some people just don't tithe. Some people don't support. Can you imagine uh, you know, eating at a restaurant and then getting up and just walking out and not expecting to pay for the meal? That happens, unfortunately, but not in this place. Can I get an amen? We've got faithful people. But when you go to receive, he says, I need, just think what we could do if everybody would be faithful with their tithe. Okay? If everybody would just do what they're supposed to do and obey and everybody tithe, we would have more than enough. And that's what God wants. And he says that there may be food in my house. That means that there may be provision in the place where you're being fed. Okay, Spiritual food. And try me now in this. This is the only place in Scripture God says, test me. So what I see with this is this is an area where the supernatural has a lot of ability, a lot of room to see something happen that is not in our own power. The Bible even says God gives man the power to get wealth. Amen? So how many would like to be wealthy this morning? How many would like to give more? How many would like to have more? I mean, we would be silly to say, no, we, we serve a God that is supernatural. And he says, when we begin to do this, watch what he says. If you'll test me in this, be faithful in your tithes, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. You cannot even have enough room to receive. How many would like that this morning? That's just simple obedience. That's just tithes. Lord, anoint your word this morning. Anoint my, my words this morning to speak what you've put in my heart. Let it touch the heart of every young person, every adult, every person watching online. And Lord, bring forth to fruit and fruition what your word says this morning. We bind the spirit of mammon. We bind the spirit of selfishness. And we bind the spirit of greed. And we thank you for a spirit of generosity in this place and revelation of your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. So, I want you to write just a couple things down this morning that I think will help you, and they'll keep us on the same track. We're going to put up in just a moment some, an amount we need to believe God for, that we need to be able to build a building. We don't know the exact amount, but we're putting an estimate together because uh, I have one quote that I think is important. Until you put goals on paper, you have nothing but intentions that are seeds without soil. So we have to have something to shoot for. We have to have an idea, and that's what we're going to put up in just a moment, and we're going to be able to have something to begin to pray for and to begin to believe God for and to begin to say, God, you can put that through my hands. I don't know about you, but I'd like to be the one that just does it all. I don't know about you. How many would like to be the one that God uses or one of the ones God uses? Okay? So um, one thing I want to say before I put this slide up to tell you what we need is I want you to know my heart. And I want you to know that God is standing right above me in the presence of, of him. We're in the presence of him. He's here, and I, he knows my heart, and I'm not lying. Having a building is not an idol to me. It's not, it's not important to me. It's not something that I long for or desire. I'm very thankful that God gave us land. But I'm not driven by it. And I want you to know what I'm driven by is to preach the gospel I'm driven by seeing people saved. I'm driven by seeing miracles like that. And that's what we're about. We're not, we're not focused on this building. 
It's not, it's not something that's an idol. Does everybody understand what that means? It's not an idol to us? It's not an idol to us. If I had my way, we would have just, we would just bought this land here, knocked the wall out, and kept on moving on. But obviously, obviously God has bigger plans for us than I even have for ourselves because he gave us land. So we're not believing this morning for land. We already have land, and it's paid off. And I don't think God just has it there for us to have a sign on it that says future home. I don't think God has that land just for us to go walk around on it or just for the safety team to go practice on it or just to have a picnic on. I believe he gave us the land to be able to put a building on it. Amen? So if he gave us the land, he's going to give us the building. But I just want you to know my heart. I've already told the council that I have in this church that are men uh, in business and men with wisdom that are helping me. I told them I am not going to be overwhelmed by this. I'm not going to be super involved in this. I need you guys to do this. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm a pastor, not a contractor. Amen. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to keep telling you guys what our direction is. We're going to keep doing what we do, and we're going to watch God build the building. Everybody understand that? So we keep, as we keep it about this, you think about the, uh, the verse that the, the Lord's Prayer. How many know the Lord's Prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then the first thing is, if you're a good Catholic, you ought to at least know that. And maybe you only know that. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, is the first thing. So God says... The most important thing you do is you keep my kingdom first. Whenever we keep God's kingdom first, he takes care of what we need. It's the same as Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things we need he'll add unto us, right? And then it says, give us this day our daily bread. So as we keep the harvest and Jesse Salazar and Elena Salazar and people before us, and that's our vision and that's our goal, God's going to build the building. Does everybody understand what I'm trying to say? So he's already provided the land, and how many know that God's got a harvest for us? A harvest needs a building. What God has for us, if you believe, like I do, is he has more than this. And, and, and we, we have to have a building to hold the harvest that God's going to give us. So that's why we're doing this. Not because we can say, oh, we have a building. So another big reason is we've been renting. Can you imagine the amount of money in a, in a, in a stewardship sense that we have thrown into the air over the last just five years here? Fifteen years altogether, we've never owned. We, we don't own this, so we're renting. So the money's going to nothing. And we've also put tons of money into this building to get it to where it is and we have a great landlord we're thankful for him but it's not ours and so these are reasons why we want to have we want to have a building and really i would say more god wants us to have a building so here's the thing who's who's not afraid of money in here let me see your hand if you're not afraid of money i need that's the right congregation right there god needs people who aren't afraid of money so when we put up an amount it it seems like a lot of money but to god it's not so we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to put a slide up in a second, see an amount, have that to pray for, and then right over there where it says miracle worker, we're going to make a little thing there that we can see every service when we walk in, and we can see progress, and we can know that that's something that we have to continue to believe God for. So let's put the slide up, and this is what we need to believe God for. That's not 1000 at the top. $7.5 million. 
How many believe that God has $7.5 million already for this building? He already has it. It's already there. It's already available. And here's what I want to believe, and I speak by faith today. We're going to do this building, and when it's done, we're going to be, it's going to be paid off. How many can believe with me we won't have a payment and we won't have debt? Does y'all, do I have any believers over here on this side? How about over here? Do you believe? I believe God's going to do it. But it's going to be a process. And the crazy thing is, is even after buying land, we still have that much money right now, which is a miracle. We have $170,000 for the building. The unfortunate thing is, is that's going to be gone as soon as we sign a contract to get plans. Just plans. You have no idea how hard it is to think about letting that much money go for an idea. <laughs> but that's probably what's going to have to happen, okay? And then the rest is going to start going towards the actual building. But unfortunately, if you've ever built a house and God's blessed lots of people to do that here, you know that's what has to happen. So what I want us to begin to do right now is we're not, again, we're not taking up an offering. We're not taking up faith promises. We will do those things. But I want us to just begin to know this is what we've got to start believing God for. And until we start believing for it, we can't have it. There's the old movie that said, if, they build it, if you build it, they will come. I say, if, if we believe God for it, he'll build it. Amen? Amen? And, and then they'll come. So that we're going to have that slide up, and then we're going to have the wall over there. But like I said, I want to I just give you some scriptures this morning. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I'm going to give you a couple uh, of stories as well. But this is the most important part. There's a right attitude towards giving and a wrong attitude towards giving. Okay? There's a right and a wrong way to see money. And God wants us to see it through his spiritual eyes. He owns everything. And let me tell you something. To me, $7.5 million is $7.5 trillion. Might as well be. Anybody else? But to God, it's nothing. It's just a number. And God has a lot to say about numbers. He wrote a whole book on it. So he's, he's a numbers person. He's, he's, he's the God of the, that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he has a way of doing things supernaturally, and we're going to talk about that today just a little bit. You know, we have stories. I was talking to Pastor Bland yesterday, and how many have heard of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir? They're kind of, they're kind of they used to be really known in the 80s and 90s, but um, they, Jim Cimbala has a church in Brooklyn. Can you imagine what it would cost to have a church in Brooklyn? Anything in New York is just crazy, right? Well, they, they reach the lost. They have, they're, they're known for powerful prayer meetings on Tuesday nights for years. Um, they have an amazing choir, and they're just like us. They're mixed. They're, they're from every nation, from every country, every color. It's a beautiful congregation. And uh, he, he, was, he was needing some supernatural money to stay in the buildings that they were in. And I'm just giving you the, the quick story. And basically, I think they needed like $10 million to stay in their building. Just to stay. I don't think they were even purchasing. They were, it was to be able to, to not have to lose everything they had done. And so God spoke to him in the same principle. What I'm telling you today is he said, I want you to go on that mission trip you're supposed to go on. He was supposed to go to Brazil or something. It doesn't really matter what country it was. And he says, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to go on this trip. And he really went scared. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to go spend more money. But God said, go. So he went. He was, he was fearful the whole time he was gone. He was, he was, how many know sometimes you do it scared? And he was just worried, why am I over here preaching the gospel? We need this money. 
And God just kept assuring him, don't worry, I've got you. I've got this taken care of. Well, he gets back from his trip and gets to his office, and there's envelopes on his desk. And they weren't bills. They weren't dollar bills, and they weren't invoices. He opened up the first one, and there was a check for $1 million on his desk. He opened up another one, and there was one for $3.5 million. Anyways, he opened up all the envelopes, and it paid the whole debt, and that was paid while he was in Brazil preaching the gospel. God has a way to provide supernatural finances when we're doing his will. Now, the reason I'm saying that is I want you to understand we never talk about things we don't do. If you're new here, you might not know this, but the church knows this. We have given more this year than we've ever given before as a church. We have started more churches than we've ever started. God is, we are not just talking about this. We started, we've started five or six churches just in the Metroplex in the last two years. So we're telling God it's not about a building. If it was about a building, we would be keeping money. We would be making sure that we don't spend a dime because we got to save for this building. But that's not how the kingdom of God works. God says, you worry about my stuff, I'll take, up, take care of your stuff. Looking back now, I understand how God works. I'm looking back at, we gave the largest missions offering this year we've ever given to that Bandudu work in, in Congo. And it was a substantial amount of money and God told us to give it. You know what that was? Seed in the ground for what God's going to do for this building. Amen? And so we're on the same page. There's a spirit of unity here. But I want you to understand that God has a lot of money. Our own home church, our own Pastor Jones, many years ago, you've heard the story. If you haven't, I'm going to tell you it quickly. They moved into our building that's there right there on Hancock and Academy 20-something years ago, and they bought that land Bought the building and had to renovate it, and they ended up owing like close to, two, the number doesn't have to be exact, but close to $2 million, and they were financing it. Had a huge payment. And all of a sudden, they got a check in the mail for the entire amount that they owed on that building, and it was paid off. Totally paid off. Does anybody believe that God loves us as much as he loves the home church? He can do the same thing here. Amen. He's not a respecter of persons. So God is, God is more than able. He's just looking for vessels. And I'm going to raise both my hands this morning and say, Lord, here I am. I want to be a vessel. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to just read two sections of Scripture so I can show you the right attitude on giving and the wrong attitude on giving. 2 Corinthians 9. This is the time of the, of the week that they would take up offerings and take up the tithes. One of the reasons, let me be clear on this, that you don't see the word tithe mentioned a lot in the New Testament is because whenever something was addressed in the Old Testament and it did not change, then it just continues. If it's going to change, it would be addressed and it would be, they would have said, now you don't need to tithe anymore, now just give an offering. But that's what a lot of churches preach. I don't see that in the scriptures. I see it established in Genesis 14, and it never changed. Jesus addressed it very quickly, and he said, you ought to continue to tithe as you do. It, was, it wasn't even a thing because tithe was something that was going to continue. But what I really want to talk to you about today is not, I'm, we're beyond tithes. This is now where God begins to bless us when we begin to give offerings. Does everybody understand that? We, there is a blessing, obviously, in the obedience of giving our tithes. But some people have never figured out where the real increase comes from with God. And it is when we give what's ours. 
Does that make sense? When he says, give me my tithe, and we go, oh, here's your tithe, Lord. And he goes, you know, we want to pat on the back for that, but that's his. So our blessing comes from what we give. He gave everything. Now he looks at our offerings, and I'm telling you a revelation this morning, a nugget. That's where you see increase, when you begin to give out of your 90%. And so offerings is important. And God is looking for hands that he can put money through. Okay? No manipulation, no gimmicks. This is not a prosperity preaching church. We believe God prospers his people. But I'm not going to stand up here and say, 2 Corinthians 9.1 says, well, the Lord says that if you put the two and a comma and the nine and the one and the five and you give $915 today that you'll get a new house and there'll be a car waiting for you when you get to your driveway today. Hallelujah. Amen. That's not what we're doing. But some people do. And it's the reason people have the wrong looking at money today. Because people do that. That's not what it's about. It's about preaching the gospel, being faithful with our money, and knowing we serve a supernatural God that can do supernatural things. And he just did it for us this year. It was miraculous how we bought that land. Looking at 50 acres, $1.5 million, and show up and say, we can buy this. With what? With what? With faith. And by the time the deal was done, 20 acres paid off. $700,000. To God, $700,000 or $7.5 million don't matter. It's just a number. And he's going to give it to us. Amen. So he says, now concerning the ministering to the saints, and I want someone to say this for me, it is, see, some of y'all say it like I would have said it, for me to write to you, for I know your willingness. I believe there's a willingness in this place, starting with me, about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain. How many would like someone to boast about you and how you give? Not you boast about how you give, but somebody boast about how you give. In this respect, and he says that you may be ready. God's getting us ready for something. Lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared. That's usually the people that don't overcome is the ones who aren't prepared. We, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Now watch this. Therefore, I have thought it necessary to exhort you, the brethren, to go ahead of you in time. That's what we're doing today. We're going ahead and saying, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to believe for. And it says, prepare your generous gift beforehand. This is going to take some praying and some preparation, some willingness, some availability. And he says, what you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not, watch this, of a grudging obligation. If you're listening today and you've already checked out and you're already home in your mind and you're already thinking other things, God's still going to build this building. But you're going to miss out on the blessing. Don't check out. Because if you've already checked out, you're already on the wrong attitude side. Right? About money. He wants us to have the right attitude. I'm going to show the wrong attitude in a second. He says, don't be grudging. Don't do it out of obligation. We're not going to stand with a gun and tell you to give. We're asking you to listen to God today. That's all we're doing. 
Let's keep reading. He says, but this I say, and this is a fact, whoever sows sparingly, he is talking about money. Okay, this is a money chapter. This is a money set of verses. Whoever sows sparingly will reap. Like some people, they sow sparingly and they expect to reap abundantly, and that's not how it works. You're going you're gonna to reap off of what you sow. And he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes, and this is the key, in his heart. It's a hard, it's a hard issue. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, watch this, God, we're not talking about some just, just deity mentioned over there, but God himself, the one who spoke and said, let there be light, and poof, there was light. That God. That God can make grace abound towards you. That you might always, having always, all sufficiency. Is anybody, would anybody like to live in that, that lane? All sufficiency? In all things? And have an abundance for every good work? As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now here's the key. If you're taking notes, K-E-Y, circle it, highlight it, underline it, this is the key. Now may he, God, who supplies the seed, see this is where it starts. When I realize the money that I have, little or much, is God's. That's where the blessing starts. When I ever think anything I have is mine, or I think that I earned it, or I think then that's where you're off. Because remember the title of the message is giving that glorifies God. When I do anything that glorifies God, does anybody remember that that's why God made us? To glorify him? He, all he wants is glory, and how many know he deserves it? So even in giving would be an area that if it's mentioned so many times in the Bible, I can understand. He's the one who supplies my job to me. I don't care what PhD or HDF or CKY you have. It doesn't matter. Whatever your doctorate is, whatever your studies is, whatever your talent is, God gave that to you. Everything you have comes from God. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God. So he'll supply seed. Going forward, if we'll be praying for this and asking God, if you'll put it in my hand, I'll give it. He'll supply seed. But he will supply supernatural seed. That means money can come out of a fish's mouth. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but many of us, myself included in this place, are on set incomes or we have a salary or we don't have a way to make extra money or overtime and so you would say, how could I ever give more? Because we serve a God that can give seed to the sower. He's looking for somebody who would sow. He brings the increase. So he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, and watch this, supply, and here's the key, to the whole message, multiply. What is three times ten? What's twenty times Twenty. Yeah, good job. Eight times ten. Ten times ten. You guys are out of your mouth, huh? Okay, that's all good. Guess what ten times ten is to God? A billion. He's not, his math isn't our math. 
His multiplication is not our multiplication. When God multiplies, it's unexplainable. It doesn't even make sense. Why would God want to do something ordinary in us that we can get glory for? God is looking for some candidates this morning of something he can do through somebody where all they can do is say, God, that was all you. I don't know about you, but when I look at that land and I drive by it and I see it, I say, God, that was all you. We don't take any glory for that. It was all him. So he'll multiply the seed that you've sown and increase multiplication and increase. How many would like to see multiplication and increase in your finances and the fruits of your righteousness? Now I'm going to move on to the, to the part which I don't believe anybody in this place is in this or has this, but let me show you the wrong attitude. Go to the book of Haggai. Haggai chapter 1. It's a minor prophet. could be hard to find. We'll put it on the screen. Haggai chapter 1. So if there's a right attitude of giving. There's a wrong attitude of giving. It all starts with being faithful with our tithes. That can do a lot just in itself. So this is interesting. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet and said, Is it time, this is such an interesting verse, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? Don't take panel there as, as a 4 by 8 sheet of paneling from Home Depot. This means in your nice houses. And this temple, leave this up for a second, and this temple to lie in ruins. You know what God is saying? I, I, I don't have a problem with your house being blessed, but take care of my house first. Look at this. He says, your houses are nice. You're going home in the, to these nice houses, but my temple's in ruins. He's basically saying, you, you're, you've got it backwards. And the principle in the kingdom of God is when we put God first, then he takes care of my needs. But today, some people in the, in the church, church world put their needs before God's, and sometimes they still get blessed because God's such a God of mercy. But he's saying here, don't have that kind of attitude. Watch what it goes on to keep saying. Now, therefore, says the Lord, consider your ways. You, you have sown much, but bring in little. You eat, but don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled. You clothe yourselves, but no one's warm. You know what this means to me? It's what I've seen many times over the years. I've seen people who are blessed and have a lot of finances, but they're not faithful with their finances, and, and, and they have holes in their bags. When I say they're blessed, I'm not saying that their life's blessed. I'm saying they have good income. But they're really not blessed because they have holes in their bags. They eat, but they're not filled. They, they, they don't have, there's never enough. I, I have many examples of this, but I always think, poor guy, of the same person in Costa Rica. And I, I wouldn't want to be known for this, and I'm not going to say his name. You wouldn't know who he is anyways. But we had a guy in our church who was a very talented musician. He played keyboard for us for a while. He was on our team, but we had to take him off. We couldn't leave him on very long because he never got the concept of tithing. If you're going to serve in church, you have to be a tither. You have to be, you know, that's something we expect in the church. And we, don't, we can't make just anybody tithe, but if you're going to serve, you're going to be a faithful tither, or you're not going to serve. So we kept going over that with him, and he just never got it. But listen, this guy, we were in a poor area. Most people made minimum wage. Most people made like $250 a month in Costa Rica. This guy was a music teacher, 
and worked at a private school outside of where our church was. And listen, this isn't an exaggeration, made 10 times more than anybody in the church. Amazing salary. But guess what? His car was always broke down. Guess what? He never had any money. Nothing ever went right for him. And he couldn't see that he wasn't doing what God was asking him to do. That's what this is saying. God's like, you know what? Even think about this. How many know there's some really rich people in this world that, in parentheses, did it by themselves? God didn't help them, supposedly. I mean, he still did, but they don't give him any credit. That money is going to die with them. It'll die. And, and they're going to leave all this, all this. There's so much money in this world, it's ridiculous. Right? So much. And it's just wasted. He's, he's saying, all this, you're earning wages and you're putting in, this, listen, you're putting into a bag with holes. It's, it's, it's just falling out on the other side. How many know when we give in the kingdom of God, it goes into a bag that has no holes? And it has a lot of return, amen? And has a lot of blessing here on earth and in heaven, amen? It does something. So let's keep reading. Thus says the Lord, again, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains, bring wood, and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it. And what? God wants to be glorified in our giving. Says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. When you brought it home, look at this, I blew it away. Everything you try to do financially without God, he'll just blow it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because my house is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Now, again, I don't believe this is anybody in our church. I'm just showing you the negative side of the wrong attitude of giving. How could we, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to read one more verse in a second, but I'm going to say this. How could we be so blessed? And let me tell you something. We've been blessed in this church. I know your stories. I know how many, I've told Carl this conversation, I know how many of you were renting when you started coming to this church, and now you own houses. Some of you own several houses. Some of you have businesses that have prospered. I'm not taking any credit for that. I'm, I'm talking about the anointing that's on our church because this, our people have been prospered. And if you're one of them, say amen. You're not in the place you were before. It's not us, it's God, but it's in a place we're preaching the truth. Even Jimmy, our, our landlord, he tells me that this, the cars out here look different than when y'all first started this church. Some nice cars in the parking lots. Some of them might be stolen, as Pastor Jones says, because you're paying for them with your tithe, but amen? Just, just kidding. But how many know we're blessed? So God has no problem with blessing us, wants to bless us, but he says, make sure my house is taken care of first. And when we do that, he does the rest. So let's finish right here. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold dew and earth withholds its fruit. God can keep that rain from hitting you. I called for drought in the land and the mountains and the grain and the new wine and the oil. Whatever the ground breathes forth, the livestock. In other words, he's telling us here, I'm the one who does all this. Trust me. It's not the labor of your hands. And then he goes down to the bottom. It says, it's talking about Zerubbabel, and it says, there's a remnant of people who obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. 
How many want to just listen to God this morning and do what he says? And it says, the Lord their God had sent them, and the people feared in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Now to close, as the musicians are coming, we have something before us, but I want to give you an example because God is talking. We're going to do this corporately as a church, but he's going to use individuals. And I'll tell you one thing for sure that's going to happen, as it did with those other testimonies. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. I believe there's going to be some people that give to this building that don't even come here and don't even, don't even believe in God. They're just going to be led by God to give money. Because there's a lot of people out there that like to give and, 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 and have their good deeds shown before men. We'll send them a plaque in the mail if they want it. Amen? How many believe that? The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. But that doesn't take us off the hook because God wants to use us. And we want to be able to be a part of this. So there's this, this interesting thing. I'm going to read this really short verse here. If you've ever read Chronicles, the first ten chapters of chapter of, of 1 Chronicles is, is names. Like names and names and names and all of us have passed over it. Like, let me get to the chapter where it starts telling a story. Ten chapters of names. Now, of course, if, we, if our name was in there, we would want to stop and read it. Right? But right in the middle of all these names, name, 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 God stops, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9, and watch this. Out of all the names, and says, this person right here has caught my attention. I want to catch God's attention. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And he stops here and gives two paragraphs to everybody else that got just a name and says his mother called his name Jabez because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me. Now, this is an interesting prayer because... I personally, I can't speak for you, I, I'm, I'm being honest, I don't ever ask God to bless me. I don't. It doesn't mean I don't want to be blessed, but I don't spend my prayers asking for things for myself. I, God knows my, my heart. He says, I want you to bless me, but when I do incline in that direction, it's because I want to be a blessing to somebody else. Because I want to glorify God with my life. Because I trust God with everything I have, everything I am. He's everything. Is he everything to you? Has he become your chief financial advisor? Your chief decision maker? That's what he wants to be. And he says, that you would bless me for why? And enlarge my territory. That could be physical land. That could be faith. That could be compassion. That we don't know exactly what it is. But he says, I want you to make me more. I want to do more. That's the prayer God's looking for this morning. It's people who will say, and listen, young people, teenagers, God can use you. God can put money in your hand. God, God, there may be some future millionaires sitting here if you have the right heart about money. And it's not a God to you. It's not an idol to you. It's just a, it's just a resource. I mean, no money is just a resource. 
And it says that you'd, your hand would be with me and you'd keep me from evil, that I wouldn't cause pain, and God granted him his request. That's right in the middle of 10 chapters of names. Today, I believe there's some Jabez's in this place who God's got your attention and you've got God's attention. And he's looking for some hands that he can put some resources through and it won't stick to your hands. And I want to be one. I would love to just show up and say, hey, God gave it to me. It's paid off. We don't have to do nothing. Amen? Lord, today we thank you for this vision. We thank you for this building that you're going to build. Lord, we thank you that our hearts are right and our hearts are pure. This isn't an idol to us. It's not something we're concentrated on all the time. Father, we're, we're looking to the harvest. But we do know in our spirits as a church that you're leading us in the direction of building a building. And there's a lot of details in it. And I'm not going to be consumed by it. We're not going to be consumed by it. You're going to do it so amazingly, Lord, that we're not even going to know how to explain it. You're going to bring all the right people in. You're going to bring all the right resources in. But you're going to use us. You're going to use a little here and a little there, and obedience here and obedience there, faithfulness here and faithfulness there, and seed here and seed there. And before we know it, we're going to be cutting that ribbon, God, and taking pictures and glorifying your name and giving you all the glory for what you have done. Lord, we put this into place today as we begin to close this service, and we pray that we could give in a way that glorifies God. Lord, if there's a wrong attitude in this place about giving, change our attitude. Change our hearts and our thoughts. And Lord, today as we're closing up, we go back to the beginning of why we're here. That every person in this place could know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. As you're sitting here today and your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed and you're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, Revelation 3 says that Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart if you've never been born again. He's asking to come in. He wants to take control of your life. He wants to give you peace and joy. He wants to change you and transform you. And all you have to do is believe on Him. He'll take your sins away. He'll, he'll change you and make you a new creation. How many all over this place today have never said that prayer? Never put your faith in Jesus. Today, you want to do that. Just lift up your hand. Say, I want Jesus to become the Lord of my life. Just lift it up and put it right back down all over this place. I'm going to wait just a moment. I want to make sure everybody knows him this morning. Amen. I see your hands. How many today may say, I know Jesus. I, I know of him. I be, I've believed on him. But today, I'm not living the life I want to live for Jesus. He's, he's not my number one priority. I've, I've, I've started to let other things come into my life that are more important. And today, God, I want you to see me and I want you to know I'm coming, I'm coming back to you as my first love today. How many could say, that's me today. I need to get right. I need to get back in love with Jesus today. I see your hands. The devil's never going to stop fighting us. He wants to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. Let's stand across this congregation. We're going to say a sinner's prayer here in a moment. And anybody who, 
who just wants to make a proclamation today that Jesus is your Lord. If you raised your hand and you want to make a, a public statement to the world, I believe in Jesus. I'm standing here right now. You can just step out of your seat and come down here. We'll pray with you right now. I want everyone to know Jesus is Lord of my life. I want, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I want to make it right. Oh, Father, this is why we're here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, you see our hearts this morning. You see our decisions this morning. You see our minds. Today, as you're watching online, I want you to repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, and I fall short of your glory. The most important thing in this world is my heart and my salvation. I'm not worthy to go to heaven. I'm not good enough. But you took my place on the cross and died for my sins. And then you rose from the dead and you ascended into heaven. So I can rise from the dead and I can go to heaven. I believe that. Today I ask you to take my life over. Full control. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood. And give me a new start. And make me a new creation. From this day forward, the past is over. It's behind me. Today's a new day. I'm selling out to you, Jesus. I'm taking up my cross, and I'm going to follow you in Jesus' name. Right before we open up these altars, maybe you're here today and you're sick. You need a miracle in your body. Just, just begin to come down to this altar and get as close to the front as you can. We're going to... Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, Go to our website at vwotexas.com.